Hello, everyone. This is Amy Porterfield from the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. You're listening to the man who's trained more people to podcast than anyone else in the world, Cliff Ravenscraft. He is the podcast answer man. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show, a podcast devoted to helping you take your message, your business, and your life to the next level. This, my friends, is episode number 497, and I am your host, Cliff Ravenscraft, the podcast answer man. And well, yet again, I am super excited to tell you that all of the work to create this week's content has already been been done. I'm really loving this little bit that I've got going on here where whenever I happen to be passionate about a topic, I get behind the microphone and just hit record. And maybe at some point in the future, I might decide to take what I had recorded that day and include it in a future episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. So today is one of those days, and I gotta tell you that today's pre-recorded clip isn't a short little segment that I recorded. It's a full-blown episode, and I don't wanna share any more. I mean, as soon as I hit the record button, I immediately jumped in, and I believe as soon as you hear right when I started the conversation, it's gonna grab you. So without any further ado, we're just gonna jump right into what I recorded a couple days ago. Recently, I saw something show up in my Facebook timeline, and it was shared by one of my personal friends, one of my most trusted advisors, somebody I consider to be a close mentor, if you will, in my life, in my business overall. I respect this person so highly. And so whenever I see anything shared by this particular friend of mine, I always perk up, I pay attention. Well, this particular post that showed up in my timeline was one of those images with a quote on top of it. And it was a quote attributed to Jim Rohn. Now, Jim Rohn is a very popular, inspirational, motivational, personal development type person. Unfortunately, he's no longer with us, but his legacy lives on. And I personally have not studied a lot of Jim Rohn's materials directly, but so many people that I know and trust and love have shared much of his teaching. And I've got to say that I've even quoted Jim Rohn myself. I often talk about you are the average of the five people that you do life with the most and other things like that. And I would say that about 99% of anything I've ever seen attributed to Jim Rohn, I agree with. However, this close personal friend and, and most trusted mentor, advisor, friend of mine shared this quote, and the response that it had inside of me, I am certain was much different than what was intended when it was being shared. Now, the quote is this. It said, well, first of all, let me explain to you. It, it was a very beautiful image. The background was, you know, kind of had that bokeh effect, which is a little blurred background, but you could tell that the the background image was the photograph of a bunch of bookshelves all lined up with each other and just packed to the brim with books everywhere. It, you know, it, it, it's a library of books. And this is what the quote said. It said, poor people have big TVs. Rich people have big libraries. And I got to tell you, it, it provoked a response inside of me that said, I don't agree with that. 
I don't agree with that. I don't like that message. And while I do agree with the heart of the message, I know what the heart of the message is. In fact, this friend of mine, I'm, I'm not gonna point this person out. He knows who he is, and several of you who also follow this very close friend of mine, you know who he is as well. But this friend recently also did a podcast episode where he also shared the quote in the podcast and gave some thoughts. And, and everything that he said in the podcast, pretty much I agreed with. It, it, and it had a lot to do with uh, spending a certain percentage of your overall income from the time when you only make maybe even $20,000 a year until you're, no matter how much money you make, you should spend a percentage of your income on personal growth and personal development. And so I understand the heart of this message and this quote is not saying you should never own a television Instead, you should spend all of your money on books. That's not what this is saying. However, the problem that I have with some quotes is some people take them quite literally. In fact, in my entrepreneurial journey, I have done life with many peers in the entrepreneurial business world, people who are, like myself, very devoted to personal growth, personal development, to taking our minds to the next level, to taking every area of our lives to the next level. I've heard over the past several years, people wear it as a badge of honor when they say, we do not own a television in our house. And on the opposite end of that, and by the way, this personal friend, that shared the quote and and the subsequent podcast with some thoughts, he's never said this. But other people I've heard wear it as a badge of honor. We do not own a television in our home. We do not go to the movies. That's a such a waste of the precious gift of time that God's given us on this earth. There is better use of my time. <laughs> and and I, you know, I, I'm not judging them for that, but there seems to be a bit of judgment in what they're saying for those who might have televisions and actually make use of them. Now, the other thing I've heard people say is that, oh my gosh, the probably the reason why this person continues to face failure after failure and gives up and never finds the success they're looking for is because, well, I see them posting on social media all the time about how they're binge watching the latest show on Netflix. Now, I've heard several different people that are my peers over the years say quotes similar to that, making statements like that, putting judgment on other people who watch television or go out and see a lot of movies. Now, the interesting thing, now again, I, I know some people, those people that I'm talking about, the ones who wear it as a badge of honor that we do not own a television, and the ones who seem to say things that do place judgment on those who do watch a lot of television, they see a quote like this, poor people have big TVs, rich people have big libraries, and they it, it's like they're dogmatic about that. It's like, listen, I totally, wholeheartedly internalize that quote. If I have big televisions in my house, I'm going to be poor, and it's going to degrade my life. And if, if I just have more books and read and consume more books, 
I will be more rich. And and it, they see this quote almost as a formula that people ought to live by. And it, it almost becomes like a moral code for some people. I just want to say, if anybody's out there and they're very clued in to who this was that actually shared this in social media, this mentor, advisor, personal friend of mine, I'm not suggesting at all. In fact, I will tell you, this person does not have that philosophy. I say this because my feelings about sharing a quote that just simply states, poor people have big TVs, rich people have big libraries, that can be taken to an extreme and it can be taken as a fundamental truth and perpetuated in such a way that people decide that this is a mindset thing. And and gosh, my my online mentor, my friend, my advisor, somebody I trust, if he shares this and this is true, then maybe I need to get rid of television. Maybe I need to do this. I've heard all these other people. It does seem like all these successful people all seem to say, stop wasting your life watching television. Do something that matters. And my friends, I, here's what I want to tell you. The interesting thing is I want to, you know, we're talking about big TVs, right? Well, I, my wife and I built uh, our dream home about almost three years ago. It'll be three years in June of 2017, depending on when you're listening to this. It was, it was three years ago. And three years ago when we built this house, I did some things that generated a significant amount of cash, generated tons of extra cash. We were actually saving to put a massive down deposit, like major deposit down on our house in cash. I think it was like $60,000 we needed. I said, well, how are we going to come up with $60,000? I did some things in my business. I generated not just an extra $60,000, but it was like $38,000 extra that we had. And we had $38,000 in cash when we moved in to furnish this home with a lot of new furniture. And as crazy as it may seem, I want to tell you that our home here in Northern Kentucky, although I shouldn't say this, I do want to say we also have a home security system <laughs> for the record, but here's what I want to tell you. We have four 60-inch LG HD 3D televisions in this home. One of them is a part of my studio slash office. One is up on the wall in the workout facility. One is in our bedroom, and oh yes, I've heard, you should never have a television in the bedroom. I, I just got to say, uh, my wife and I's private life is doing pretty well as well. <laughs> That's as much as I'll go into that. So I'm going to say that the people that say if you have a television in your room, it will forever ruin your potential sex life. Nah, okay. Well, again, you can't just take everything and say just because this is true for me or True for some other people. That That's true for everyone. Anyway, we have a 60-inch television down here in my studio, 60-inch television up on the wall in the workout room, a 60-inch television on the big dresser in our bedroom, a 60-inch television in the loft for the kids. And, I as, okay, judge me if you will, but there is a 42-inch television in my son's bedroom, a 42-inch television in my daughter's bedroom, my oldest daughter's bedroom, and I think it is a 38 or 42-inch television in my youngest daughter's bedroom. And then in the living room, a 65-inch LG HD 3D television. My friends, I want to tell you, our home is packed full of large TVs. Not only that, 
But here's the interesting thing. There's a couple bookshelves in our home. My daughter, my youngest daughter has a bookshelf in her, she has two bookshelves in her room. And her books, her, her, her bookshelves are filled with books. She loves to read. She is, she's going to be 12 in just a few days from when I'm recording this. By the time this thing gets put out into the podcast, she will already be 12 years old. She reads like crazy and she loves it. There are some other bookshelves in our home. Almost none of them actually have books on them. Now, my wife's office, she has a ton of bookshelves in the back. She has a little bit of a mixture of some a, a handful of books that, that she's read and enjoyed. And pretty much the rest of them are knickknacks. And any other bookshelves in our home are actually filled with knickknacks, memorabilia, uh, fun stuff, photos, and things like that. One thing I can tell you, though, is when it comes to physical books, and I actually, before recording this, I went and looked. The only place I have physical books are in my little tiny closet here off of my studio, and I looked. There's less than five books, and actually, three of them are books where I have maybe 10 to 15 copies of the book because they're books that I love so much that I actually give away as gifts to people all the time. Outside of those three books, there are two other books in there that I I don't know if I've read them or not. I can't remember what books they are off the top of my head right now. And upstairs in my bedroom, there's a, a stack of a few books sitting next to my reading chair, which I never sit in and I never read in. I, I did for a little while and and that was... That didn't happen very often. And, I, and then in our in our bathroom, up on the windowsill above our jumbo bathtub, uh, it, we got a massive windowsill there. there. I think there are three books up there that I, you know, maybe my, I one day might read. Uh, but chances are, honestly, if I'm going to be authentic and transparent with you, I probably will never get around to reading them. All right, so what I will tell you is I have a home full of big televisions, and I have no library at all. And yet, with now, okay, most of the library part of this, though, is the fact that I don't like physical books. I don't like reading in particular. I, I, I will tell you right now, I do not enjoy reading. I love watching television, and I love seeing movies. I've probably seen more movies here in the first three months of this year I, I am almost certain that I have seen more movies in the first three months of 2017 than most anybody listening to my voice has seen in the last three years. All right? In fact, I'm just going to read to you what movies I've seen since, uh, since February because that's when I started going to Regal Cinemas only. All right? Now, <laughs> some of this might be a little revealing and you would be shocked that I would actually go see such a movie. But who cares? I'm going to go into my Regal Cinema app and I'm going to click on my tickets and I'm going to tell you that Sunday, April 2nd, I went and saw the movie Life. It's a space movie. I've actually saw the new Power Rangers movie with the family. I went and saw Ghost in the Shell with Scarlett Johansson. And let's see, before that, I saw Beauty and the Beast with the family. I saw the movie The Belko Experiment. I don't recommend anyone see that, but I went and saw it. It's a it's a terrible, terrible movie, but I still saw it. I saw Kong Skull Island on March 20th. I saw John Wick Chapter 2. I saw Hidden Figures three times. I saw Fifty Shades Darker with my wife. I saw The Great Wall. 
I saw the movie Logan, which is the latest X-Men type movie. I saw Split, which is a kind of a horror kind of movie. And by the way, if you hear any noise, the lawn people decided to just now show up to mow our grass. And so you may hear them go through if the gate opens up while I'm recording here. I saw the movie Lion, which is a story I'll actually get to in just a moment. I saw the movie Get Out, which is a comedy slash horror movie. I saw the movie Fist Fight, which is a terrible movie, but was extremely funny. And it was extremely inappropriate, but I did take my teenage son to go see it as well. I saw La La Land. I saw Patriot's Day, which was about the Boston Marathon bombing. I saw the, uh, I, I, I could go on and on. I've seen tons of movies. And as far as television, oh my gosh, have I, I've watched movies. Those are just movies that I've seen at the theater. I've also seen a ton of movies on Netflix, uh, Netflix originals, Amazon originals. I've binge watched a couple of different television shows since the beginning of the year. I just finished watching all of the travelers. I'm halfway through a television show on Netflix called Limitless. I am loving it. I'm 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 keeping up with Bates Motel, which is like a modern day story of the younger life of Norman Bates from the movie Psycho. I'm watching Designated Survivor with my family. I watch every episode of Big Bang Theory. We watch Life in Pieces. I could go on and on. I watch The Flash, The Arrow with my family. I watch uh, Supergirl. I watch, uh, what else, Legends of Tomorrow. I watch more television than you could possibly imagine. Now, with that being said, I do want to also tell you that I've also read a significant number of books, even though I kind of hate reading. And I know that I shouldn't use that language. I shouldn't say, well, I hate reading. Maybe I, th- maybe I should say, well, I, I don't enjoy reading very much, but I know that it's good for me and I do it. But, but the, I mean, come on, I, I really do. I hate to read. I don't like to spend the time to do it, but I know I need to and I force myself to and eventually I get around and I get into some, some routines where I read some books. Let me just share with you that I have read some books. And I do believe the the heart of this message, by the way, let me just take a break here. The heart of the message when it comes to this quote is not that if, if you have big televisions, you're going to be poor. And if you have big libraries, you're going to be rich. That's not the heart of this, of this message. The heart of this message is, and this is what my mentor friend on his podcast elaborated on, is that hey, you know, don't waste all of your time spending all of your resources on just entertainment. Instead, make sure that you're also making time for personal growth and personal development. And it doesn't just have to be reading books. I mean, books are a great resource for education, information, inspiration, motivation, and all that stuff. But it's also, you know, you can find inspirational talks and presentations, conferences, uh, you know, sessions at conferences, there's podcasts that you can listen to. And by the way, when it comes to personal growth, I'm very much into personal growth. And so what I will tell you is that I don't have a physical library. And, and so I, there was a passing comment from this friend of mine. He, and, and I know he didn't really mean this, but he says, well, I can tell by walking into somebody's house whether or not, you know, what, what their financial situation is like. You know, if they have big, huge televisions and 
stuff like that. And and I look around and I and anywhere and they're maybe they show me around their house and they show me their office and they show me you know the the living court you know the living area and their and and living room and stuff like that and and all this stuff and I don't see any bookcases with any books on it. But I see these big televisions. I, I kind of gives me a, an indication of what their financial life might look like. And I know that that's just a generalization. And I think that to a certain extent, maybe that could be true. But it just so happens to be that I do have a large library. All right. So my library just doesn't happen to be a bunch of books. All right. It, my library doesn't have to happen to be a bunch of physical books and it's not only books but I have read books in fact let me just share with you I'm going to read to you just I, I, this is a list I made a long time ago of books that I have read and so I'm going to first of all these are business slash self-improvement books that I have read or that I own actually these are all books that I've I've read Younger Next Year, which is all about how to change your physical health and working out. That book inspired me to make a commitment to work out six days a week, every week for the rest of my life. I made that commitment back in November 2014, and I've lived it out for the last two years and four months, and I plan on doing that for the rest of my life. I read the book Fully Alive, an inspirational story from my friend Ken Davis, who, who told his story of how the book Younger Next Year changed his life. I read the book Essentialism, which helped me understand the importance of focusing on just one thing at a time. Becoming Steve Jobs. Actually, I listened to that one as an audiobook. It's by Brent Schlender and Rick Tenzelli. I also read the book Jobs, Steve Jobs by Walter Isaacson. I read that on the Kindle. I enjoyed both books, but I will tell you, if you read Steve Jobs by Walter Isaacson, that biography of Steve Jobs, you really should get the audiobook or the regular book called Becoming Steve Jobs. It is a much more human approach to who Steve Jobs was. And it actually even shows more of his flaws as a human than, than uh, the actual Isaacson book did. I loved Becoming Steve Jobs even more. A book called Necessary Endings by Henry Cloud, the same guy who wrote the book Boundaries that's so popular out there. I read about half of Necessary Endings, and guess what? I realized about halfway through, I got the message, and do you know what? I made the decision that reading the rest of the book, <laughs> I didn't need it, and it was a necessary ending that I put the book down, and I'm done with it, and I moved on with life. But I got the heart of the book, Necessary Endings. All right, uh, Outwitting the Devil, I read that. Uh, actually, that's not available in Kindle, but it is available on iBooks, Apple iBooks. Uh, that's by Napoleon Hill, by the way, one of his less-known books out there. I highly recommend Outwitting the Devil. Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Ecker. Entre Leadership by Dave Ramsey, The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell, and also Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. The Icarus Deception by Seth Godin, I got about a chapter or two in and it did not grab me and so I put it down never to read again. I actually own the book Launch from my great friend Michael Stelzner and for whatever reason, I still haven't read it, but I bought it. It's one of those books, Michael, I might finally get around to reading. Rework by Jason Freed, great book. The Strangest Secret, not necessarily a book, although it is the, the transcript of his audio recording is available in Kindle. I have both the Kindle and audio. The Strangest Secret by Earl Nightingale. The $100 Startup by Chris Gillibo. I did read that years ago. Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. I got it. It had a good message. 
I didn't enjoy the book as much as everybody like raves about it. But it does have a good message. Similar message to E-Myth by Michael E. Gerber, another book that has a great message. It's not as great as what everybody made it out to be, but I totally get it. How to Win Friends and Influence People. I listened to the audio book of that. I should probably read the print version of it. Incredible book, life-changing message, and has definitely helped me change my life. 48 Days to the Work You Love by Dan Miller. Oh my gosh, is that book awesome. Love that book, radically changed my life. Boundaries by Henry Cloud and John Townsend. Bought that book back when I was experiencing a lot of personal internal conflict about issues with my biological dad before he had passed away. I started reading that book at least eight different times. I probably got about one-third of the way through a couple different times. Still have never finished that book, but uh, it, it's one that I've read a, quite a bit, and, and it's been helpful, the little bits that I've read. Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I've read that once all the way through. have referred to several chapters many times. The book Free from Chris Anderson. Gosh, I don't even remember much of that book, but I do recall being impressed by it. The Four Hour Work Week by Timothy Ferris was one of the first ebooks I ever read, and I really enjoyed it. But I disagreed with a lot of what he said, or at least how he shared it. And then fiction books. I actually read some fiction books, and I get a lot out of fiction. We're going to talk about the benefits of some of these other things. Like I have friends that say, Oh, I don't spend any time reading fiction. But I've read the book Armada by Ernest Klein. Actually, listen to the audio version of it. It's really awesome. Ready Player One by Ernest Klein. Both of those, by the way, narrated by Will Wheaton from Star Trek The Next Generation. Listen to the audio book of The Martian, written by Andy Weir. But the audio narrator, I can't remember his name right now. I don't have it written here. But he is an amazing narrator. And I enjoyed the audio book of The Martian as much as I did the movie. In fact, I think I liked the audio book even a little better than the movie. Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury. I listened to the audio. Did not enjoy the audio at all. The narrator and his voice for the characters ruined that story for me. Absolutely horrendous, but I finished it all the way because I heard so many people talk about it. I think if I would have actually read it myself and given the characters my own voice for the characters, I I think I really would have loved Fahrenheit 451. But man, do not listen to the audiobook on Audible for Fahrenheit 451. I've read Fifty Shades of Grey, all three books. So has my wife, and it was my wife who, she said, do you care if I read these? And I said, no, and... And uh, she told me about the book, and she says, listen, outside of the sex and all the scandal and everything that everybody's talking about, it's an incredibly good story, and it's a story of redemption. And I read it myself, and um, I will tell you that I, I, I enjoy the book for the story of redemption that's in those three stories. So, yeah, Fifty Shades of Grey, all three books, I've read them. And uh, The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien. I've also uh, started the Lord of the Rings books uh, many times. Watch the movies, of course. Uh, the Timekeeper by Mitch Albom. My mom told me about this book, and I actually read it. It was it was interesting. The Hunger Games trilogy. My wife and I not only read that those books, but we did an entire podcast, almost chapter by chapter. Twilight Saga. My wife and I read those together. Uh, separately and and together, and we did a podcast over at twilightsagapodcast.com. The other one is hungergamespodcast.com, by the way. 
I read the books White, Red, Green, and Black. Those are all different titles of books by Ted Decker. The audiobooks I listened to, they were okay, but the narrator actually got changed for the final book. I would never read these again or listen to them again, but I enjoyed it while it was. I wish they would have got the same narrator for the final book, though. And then there are some faith-based, I, I would say probably some fiction, some nonfiction in here, but I'm just going to tell you a book called Accept No Mediocre Life by my friend David Foster, who has unfortunately left this world, but left a huge impact in my life, and I, I will go back and read that book again many times. The book Three Free Sins by my friend Steve Brown. You can you can go to uh, gspn.tv slash three, spelled out, free, sins, or go to gspn.tv slash Steve Brown, either one of those links, and you can listen to an interview that I did with the author of the book, Three Free Sins, and it's somebody that I've admired for many years, and quite honestly, I think it's one of my favorite podcast episodes, definitely in the top five of my favorite all-time podcast episodes, over more than 3,600 podcast episodes, if you go to gspn.tv slash Steve Brown. You can listen to one of my top five episodes right there. And then He Loves Me by Wayne Jacobson, All is Grace by Brennan Manning, a book called And the Shofar Blue by Francine Riffers, uh, Ruthless Trust by Brennan Manning, The Screwtape Letters. I actually have it, never read it. I don't know why that's on this list. Anyway, which by the way, that's from C.S. Lewis. So You Don't Want to Go to Church Anymore is the title of a book by Wayne Jacobson. That was a game changer book for me. The book Redeeming Love, a, a fiction story, a Christian fiction story by Francine Rivers, one of my favorite books of all time, Redeeming Love, incredible. I read the autobiography of George Mueller, M-U-L-L-E-R. It's kind of like Mueller, but his actual name is George Mueller. Uh, autobiography of George Mueller, I read that one on ebook. The Epic of Eden by Sandra Reichter, R-I-C-H-T-E-R. I read that on Kindle all the way through because my friend D.G. Hollams recommended it. I did not enjoy that book at all. Really got little value out of it. Crazy Love by Francis Chan. I hated that book so, so, so much. Um, yeah, it, it, had, it was so laden with guilt and condemnation. Uh, and and I just did not vibe with the message at all. But anyway, I read it. The Shack by William Paul Young and also co-authored by Brad Cummings and Wayne Jacobson. Incredibly awesome fiction book, and I just saw the movie as well. And then The Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. Um, I It was not as impactful as I thought it would be, but man, I heard a ton of people talk about it, and so I read it. And so... Those, believe it or not, those are the only books I think that I've read. Okay, there might be a handful. Maybe there might be 10 or 15 books that are unaccounted for. But those are the only books. I'm 44 years old, and those are the only books I've ever read. All right? So, now, but my library is not just books. My library are, and, and by the way, I did not go through all the audiobooks. There's there's several other audiobooks, a lot of fiction, a couple nonfiction, but I, I have plenty more audiobooks. But I can tell you this, if I was to list all of the countless hours of audio podcasts, episodes that I've listened to from people who share personal development, personal growth, all kinds of information about insights and inspiration related to business and entrepreneurial stuff over the years, 
we're talking literally thousands and thousands of hours. If you were to transcribe all of those and put them into written form and bind them into books, I would have many, many, many rooms filled with bookcases from on all four walls and they would be completely stocked from the floor to ceiling. So I get it and I will tell you, I have benefited greatly in my life by my vast library. But here's what I wanna tell you, and this is the point of this whole thing going on here, is that, and, and I don't say this to be boastful because it, I, I, trust me, that's not the point of this whole conversation, but I wanna let you know that financially, I consider myself to be very rich, all right? It, it's only been in the last maybe five years, the first several years of starting this online business. It, it was quite a, quite a journey, and, and after leaving my career in insurance to pursue my own career full-time, I, I took a significant dip in income. When I, was, when I left my career in insurance after 11 years, I had built it up to where my income was right at $87,000 a year. And then in my first year, my first year of personal income, business was profitable, but my business only paid me $11,000 as far as a salary in my first year, as a year of business. So I went from $87,000 of personal income down to 11,000 my first year. And the second year picked up a little bit. Third year we were, you know, we, it wasn't as stressful as, as some of the other ones. And, and, and it slowly grew until it started to grow. And when I, and it was literally when I started reading these books, when I started to listen to these podcasts, when I started to really consume all this personal growth and development, when I started to build my library, not just of books and certainly not physical ones, but when I started to build my library of audio podcast content and all that other stuff, my life, my income did increase exponentially. And today, I have gotten to the place where with the exception of about seven people, there are seven people I know who make more annual income than I do, but I know a lot of other people that I do life with, that I interact with, that I engage with, and with the exception of about seven people, maybe it, I could be exaggerating a little bit, there might be 10, there might be 15, but I, I can think of seven right now off the top of my head who definitely make a great deal more income than I do. But if I take those seven people out of the equation and I look at all the other people that I do life with semi-regularly, and I'm talking about relationship-wise, out of all the other people, I have more annual income than any other person that I know. Now, again, I'm not saying that to brag or to be boastful. I'm not at all. But what I am telling you is that I have a lot of big TVs in my house. And I want to tell you, I don't just have a lot of big TVs, but I watch them, I enjoy them, and I love television, and I love movies. And in fact, I want to share with you seven benefits of watching television and seeing movies, seven ways your life can be improved by doing it. And by the way, this is uh, this is not saying you, uh, again, the heart of that message, the heart of that quote is that you can't allow yourself to be fully consumed by entertainment. You can't expect to never read a book, never uh, be inspired by personal growth, personal development kind of materials, uh, YouTube videos, TED Talks, conference sessions, 
or audio podcasts that are informative, educational, and stuff like that. You can't not have a library and, and experience great success in life. I get the heart of that message, but I want to tell you that I don't want people out there working their fingers to the bones, burning the candle at both ends of the stick, and having this feeling that you cannot, you're not allowed, it's not moral for you to spend time enjoying television or binge watching the latest, most greatest talked about TV series, whether it's Game of Thrones, Walking Dead, Breaking Bad, the television lost, whatever it is, um, I want to encourage you, don't let other people set the standard that watching television and seeing movies equals something wrong. And to offset that, I want to share with you seven benefits that I believe that you can uh, get from watching television and seeing movies. The first benefit is I believe it leads to increased intelligence and memory capabilities. You know, many of our modern television shows today and also movies require a great deal of thinking and also memory to fully understand what is happening, especially going all the way back to the Lost TV show. is one of the first serialized dramas that carried a story from episode to episode, and you really had to know what happened in previous episodes to fully appreciate what was happening in the current episode. And so if for people who had not been watching the television show Lost for the first one, two, or three years, if you jumped in in season four and started watching the show, it really wouldn't make a lot of sense at all. It would not grab you, or even if it was mildly entertaining, you simply could not even grasp half of the meaning of all of the things that are happening both on the screen like jumping out at you and all the hidden stuff called Easter eggs in the background. So I do believe that as a result of watching many of the serialized television shows and movies and even movie franchises that go from, you know, building story over, you know, over time like Avengers with its first movie and then going into the second movie if you even if you just watch only the avengers movies you're missing a lot of the story if you haven't also seen all of the captain america movies and the iron man movies and the thor movies or even gosh some of the more recent ones i can't remember what that little shrinking guy is that uh we watched but anyway for you really to to fully engage and understand and stuff like that, you have to remember all of these little intricacies from story to story, and also you have to have a, a an increased amount of thinking, which I think leads to greater intelligence. There are some things you fully have to think about, and and after seeing a movie or watching a television show, we'll often sit down and have conversations. If I've gone and seen this with somebody else or I've been watching something with someone else. We'll have conversations and it will spark debate about what we're actually experiencing in this program. And so, yeah, I think that's the first benefit. I think it leads to greater intelligence and also uh, increasing your ability to remember things. Number two, it gives you the opportunity to learn about different people and different places. Now, I've been very privileged as of late to do a lot of travel in my life. 
I've been able to take my entire family. We went to uh, on a two-week European vacation where we visited five countries in two weeks. We went to the highlands of Scotland and spent a little time in Edinburgh. And then we went to London and used that as a home base as we traveled out to the Isle of Wight. And we even went up to Wales to the Doctor Who Museum because I love that television show. And we, we got to see Stonehenge and just so many incredible things. And then we went under the, I guess it's called the English Channel, but we took the the bullet train underneath the, from England all the way to France and got to spend some time walking through France, went to the Louvre Museum and Disney Paris. And then we took a train all the way from France up to the Netherlands where we spent a day walking around Amsterdam. I got to spend an entire day with my friend, Father Roderick von Hogan, uh, who lives in Amersfoort, and it was just an incredible experience of seeing some of these places in Europe. It's the first time I'd ever been to Europe, but there are so many places I haven't been, but yet by watching TVs and movies, I've been able to see what life is like in some other parts of the world and, and to see people in places that I've not yet been able to travel to. For example, one movie that I recently saw was the movie Lion, Go see this movie or see it when it comes out on DVD. I encourage you. And it's an incredibly inspirational story um, of, a, of a boy who, against all odds, uh, made it back or well, made it out of a, a terrible situation uh, where he was lost from his mother in India. But it actually shows you what life is like in India, and in, at least in this part of India, and how he ended up in Australia and what his life was like in Australia compared to what his family life was like in India. Just an incredible story. You know, of course, the only thing I'd seen of India and and some other things like that is maybe some infomercials for charities and things like that. But this movie gave me a whole different appreciation for that land and what life is like there. Another television show that really gave me an another view, I think it was India as well, and it was, is that where the Himalayan mountains are? See, see, this is how geographically challenged I am, but at least these TV shows and movies are opening my eyes to some of these other places in the world. And one, one place is Ice Road Truckers. Well, first, let me start with Ice Road Truckers. I never knew that there were people who made a living and a career out of driving 18-wheeler trucks on frozen lakes. They make all of their income by doing some of the most dangerous work ever, and it actually supports the livelihood of people. And if they didn't do what they did, there are people who live in certain remote parts of Alaska that wouldn't be able to live or survive if it wasn't for this dangerous work that they do. And I know it's crazy. It was a silly documentary type of television show, but I enjoyed watching it. I, If nothing else, it made me appreciate just how blessed I am to do the work that I do, that I don't have to to be in the elements that they are in. And, and it just gave me a greater sense of appreciation for how much I am able to enjoy and love the work that I do. And it, and it, 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 yeah, just that. And then, so Ice Road Truckers in Alaska is all one thing, but IRT is, is the brand, Ice Road Truckers, but IRT did a whole different series called IRT Road Truckers Deadliest Roads. And they did two different seasons. And one of them, the, I actually saw both of them, 
Uh, one was in South America. This, that was the second one. But the first one was in the Himalayan mountains. And they show you also these truck drivers taking shipments up these the, the, the thinnest, craziest roads where literally they're going up the side of a mountain and at any moment in time, they literally could topple over and and plunge to their death. I, I, I'm not giving this the justice it deserves. Trust me, I was riveted with every single episode. But not only that, but each truck, each of these professional truck drivers had a passenger that was their guide and that person was from India and so from the conversation you you got to hear some of them learning about the culture and and the people and they showed the little towns that they pass and what life is like in those towns and I learned a lot about India from IRT road truckers deadliest roads and I enjoyed it. I loved it. It expanded my mind and, and gave me a, a greater appreciation for other people and places in this world that I have not yet had the opportunity to visit myself. So that's the second benefit. A third benefit, it oftentimes can give you a common topic of conversation to have with others. There are many times when you go and you meet people in social situations, you don't know who they are, and oftentimes, surface conversation usually starts with, so what do you do? Uh, what's, you know, there's comment on the weather. A lot of guys like to talk about sports. I'm definitely not one of them. And and gosh, if you, if you can avoid it, stay away from religion and politics in most cases. But what happens is a good TV series or a movie have you seen a good movie or a good TV show lately? And and all of a sudden you if you find somebody and all of a sudden you find that you're both been, you were both huge fans of the TV show Lost or you're both huge fans of the Hobbit movie or this it's like hey did you know this and did you know this behind the scenes thing and or what did you think about that? Do you think that that means this is going to happen next season? And it just gives you a a common passion, a common ground for you to instantly bond with someone else. And I love how a shared passion for a television show or a movie series or even just a single movie can open up a lot of conversations with people you've not yet had a relationship with. And, and it's just like, wow, this is the, it, it gives us a, a jumping point for a conversation. And then number four, you've probably heard this, but it is laughter is good for the soul. Do you know we need to laugh? I believe I, I believe it's a requirement for good health in our life. It lowers your blood pressure, uh, relieves stress. I mean, literally laughing out loud. When was the last time you had a really good laugh? And you know what? I enjoy watching a good comedy show on television or a good comedy movie. Even some of the silliest, stupidest things and sometimes... Uh, now, I'm not suggesting everybody go out and see it in an inappropriate movie, but occasionally I'll go see in a, mo- a movie that is wildly inappropriate, but <laughs> I find myself laughing out loud at least two, three, four times, and sometimes even way more than that, and it just feels great to laugh, to have that just that sense of comedy. Yes, laughter is good for the soul. It's another benefit of TVs and movies. Number five inspiration and motivation. You know, I can't even begin to tell you the number of times that I've seen a good story of heroism, a good story of courage, 
a, a story of somebody who had great determination and fought against all odds to reach success. Examples of dedication. So many wonderful stories that have inspired me that when I finish watching them, I'm motivated to actually t- to, to get beyond you know whatever I might be facing and I'm encouraged by them. I find movies and television shows incredibly inspirational and motivational. Number six, I find these things educational and informative. You know, it, it's there's wonderful documentaries on television show. The History Channel has a bunch of stuff. Uh, National Geographic. There's an entire section of documentaries on Netflix. I enjoy watching the NASA Channel every now and then. Just watching the NASA Channel and, and seeing the the astronauts on the space station and then in hearing them answer questions from school kids and talking about what they're doing in their spacewalks. I I just find that fascinating. And I love to see the earth spinning, you know, around in the background while they're, while they're looking out from the space station. And it's like, wow, that's us. We're there. You know, I, I love that. It's educational. It's informative. So many documentaries and not just like documentary documentaries, but I got to tell you, I watched, I don't watch it anymore, but gosh, for years, I watched Pawn Stars. Rick Harrison and his family running the little pawn shop in Las Vegas. I absolutely loved that. I got to learn a lot about that business, that business model. They're about customer service, about the way, you know, dedicating yourself to really knowing your craft. There's so many valuable business lessons I learned from watching Pawn Stars. I'm not kidding you. And not just Pawn Stars, but also um, American Restoration with, um, oh gosh, Rick, not Rick Harrison is the Pawn Stars. Rick, I can't remember his name right now off the top of my head, but I used to watch American Restoration, which is basically this, another shop down in in Las Vegas where they restore historical items. And I enjoyed these shows so much, watched so many episodes of these shows that when I went to Las Vegas my very first time, I made a point to spend extra time there and I went and visited the pawn shop. I went to Rick's Restoration, which is the, the actual name of the shop for the TV show American Registra- Registra- uh, uh, Restoration. That's easy for me to say. But yeah, I love television show for education. They're so informative. So many things that I've learned from these TV shows and also movies. And then also, I believe in this one's kind of controversial in some of the areas where I've grown up and in my life. But I believe that TV shows and movies give families something to bond over. Obviously, I think families should do lots of other things than just sit and watch television and watch a movie. And I'm not, again, I'm not suggesting that we all just say, hey, let's watch more television, let's watch more movies. You probably shouldn't even watch as much as I do. But the thing is, though, is I, believe it or not, while I may have seen more movies in the last three months than in the first three months of 2007, easy for me to say, 2017 than you have in the last three years, the thing is, I've probably worked as much, um, and, and in the last three months, I, I'm I'm work I'm a hard worker. So I I want to let you know that I have a balance of this. I have I do have a big library, not a physical book library, but I've told you about my library. But I also enjoy these things, and my family we do a lot of other things together. 
but we do enjoy TV shows and movies together. We we enjoy all the Marvel superhero movies. We love them. Uh, I, there are shows that Stephanie and I watch with our son, which is like Air, the Arrow or Arrow, The Flash, and I watch Legends of Tomorrow with him. Uh, there are shows that my wife watch or that my wife and I will watch with our daughter Megan, like Designated Survivor and a bunch of other uh, shows here and there. There are shows we watch as a family. Um, and you know what? It gives us something, number one, to enjoy together. And during commercial breaks, if we watch live or afterwards, we have conversations about characters and the issues that characters are facing. And it leads to some of the greatest conversations. And after going to a movie on the way home or maybe at lunch or dinner after the movie, we have great conversations from the topics that are introduced from these things. And so these are just some of the benefits. And you know what? I'm going to give you eight. I told you I was going to give you seven, but I think it also, for me, it boosts my creativity, all right? It boosts my creativity personally. I I find that it's like, oh my gosh, this story, the way it's being told is so creative, especially sci-fi. I love sci-fi movies, and I even love sci-fi space movies. And they, you know, just the, the technology that they come up with, it's not actually real, but just the idea that they thought of it, it's like, man, whoever thought? And the number of things that we have today, the technology that we have today, I believe a lot of it exists because somebody originally thought of it as a fictional technology of the future. And 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 there are some things, like, I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm just waiting for the day that, you know, everybody's talking about self-driving cars, whatever. I'm waiting till we can teleport. I want to be able to teleport. I want them to get, I, I don't want to do version one of the teleportation, but I would love to be able to, to just think in my mind or punch in some coordinates and have me disappear from here in Northern Kentucky and then instantly show up on the South Island of New Zealand. I think that would be incredibly awesome. So, and, and to have that happen in like, in the blink of an eye, that, yes, I'm waiting for that. But, you know, just the creativity of thought, um, the, the idea of it's like there's a problem that I'm facing. There's some kind of issue that I've got that I'm up against in my business. And you know what? Sometimes I do. And I admit I will go and, and get lost in a television show or go out to see a movie to escape. Yes, to really get out of my own world and to jump into a fantasy world. And some people see that. Now, I can see if you do this to the extreme and, and you some might argue with what I've shared. It's to the extreme cliff. I don't think it is for me. You have to make that decision for yourself. Don't let other people set your boundaries on this stuff. I, you know, take the heart of the message is what I'm saying. Take the heart of the message. But yeah, so greater intelligence, increased memory is number one. Learning about different people in different places of the world. Uh, the opportunity to have a common topic of conversations to have with people that's outside of the weather, what you do for a living, politics and religion is awesome. Laughter is good for the soul. You get tons of inspiration, motivation, educational, informative, gives family something to bond over, and yes, it can even help you boost your creativity. My friends, I, I just wanted to share that with you. Is it true that poor people have big TVs and rich people have big libraries? I think there's something to be said about those big libraries, and they don't always have to be libraries of books. That's point number one. And point number two, 
You come into my house, you may not see any books. Probably will not unless you look into Stephanie's office. There's a couple up on there, like I told you. But you won't see any of my books in this house. They're in a closet, all right? And, it's, and there's only five and only three and three of them are just there because there's tons of them for me to hand out to people. All right. So you come into my house. You won't see a library, but but you will see a lot. And I do mean a lot of very big televisions. And yet I will say this. I'm not poor. Well, I got to tell you, my friends, that was a lot of fun to record and a little crazy putting out some kind of contrarian view, wondering how people are going to react to it. But hey, that was what was on my heart to share several days ago. And I decided to just hit the record button and just go with it. And I'm kind of happy I recorded that one because if I would have put that one off for too long, when it came time to finally include that topic in an episode, I would have probably talked myself out of it. Anyway, here at the end of the show, I just want to wrap up by telling you that my next session of podcasting A to Z is coming out just about one week after the launch of this episode. So um, it's coming up on Monday, May 1st, the next session. It's my 30th session of podcasting A to Z. The course is pretty much designed for people who are looking to launch a podcast. That's, That's the main premise of all the tutorials that are there. And previously, over 660 students have gone through podcasting A to Z, and every single one of them that had a goal to launch a podcast within the course successfully did so, including Kay Copet, age 75. Go check out her podcast. Look it, look it up in the podcast directory of your choice. Look for Get Inspired with Kay Copet. That's K-A-Y. K-O-P-I-T. I'm so excited. I love listening to her new episodes every single Friday. Kay puts out just these amazing stories of her life experience over the last 75 years. It's, it's amazing. It's fun. And the fact that she's 75 years old and doing all the technical side of this all on her own and she learned it through podcasting A to Z just brings joy to my heart. Anyway, my next session of podcasting A to Z, it's your opportunity to have me as your personal coach for four weeks. I'll be standing by to answer every single question you could possibly think to throw my way. And not only that, but I also use this opportunity to get to know you better, what your goals and hopes and dreams are for the future so that I can be the best source of encouragement, motivation, and inspiration. And yes, of course, education and information to help you achieve your goals so that I can serve you the best way I possibly can. I sincerely want to serve you in this next session of Podcasting A to Z. So whether you're looking to launch your own podcast, definitely sign up for Podcasting A to Z. Or if you already have a podcast and you think you could benefit from having me as your personal coach, literally answering every single question you possibly throw at me for four weeks, then head over to Podcasting A to Z and Get registered today because it's going to start on Monday, May 1st, and I look forward to the potential of working with you. And with that, my friends, thank you so much for tuning in again this week. And until next week, I encourage you to take everything you do to the next level. Podcast. Add some